0: Mm. Mm. Hello there, and welcome to the Web Anywhere podcast. Uh, just caught me finishing off a rather lovely small mince pie, because of course, it is December, and we are into the month of Christmas. And uh, to bring you all the latest news on uh, education technology, as well as an interesting look at some Christmas traditions that you might not know about to help teach your children and students throughout this wonderful time of year. I'm mm, sorry. Mm. A lovely bit of brandy in it's very nice. Hmm. So, we're going to kick off with a look at some of the developments in education technology over the past month or so, uh, and then we'll be having a look at some of the wonderful Christmas traditions around the world to teach in the classroom. My name's Lewis Dunn, and thank you for joining me here on the Web Anywhere podcast. Well, December has been an interesting month, and indeed, since we last left you, there's been some wonderful developments. Uh, For example, uh, the Pi Zero has recently launched into the world, and for those of you not in the know about that, that's basically a very tiny computer that's designed to help teach people how to code and use real hardware in the real world to be able to get technology to do incredible things. Uh, The most amazing thing about the Pi Zero is that it costs roughly £5. It's an incredibly small, incredibly cheap device, and it was in fact given away for free on the front cover of the Magpie magazine. Uh, Indeed, that was so popular, it sold out um, before 10am of the day it was launched. Uh, But we think the Pi Zero here at WebAnywhere is a sign of some really good things, because it's technically uh, a rival to the BBC Microbit, which is a free computer that was handed out to students uh, all the way across the country in Year 7 as a way to help teach them code and programme. And we think that the BBC Microbit has a wonderful gateway effect on teaching children how to use computers in the classroom and learn how to code, and that the Pi Zero represents the step up from that uh, once they've mastered using the Microbit. For example, the Pi Zero is a much more powerful computer than the Microbit. But what's quite interesting is that although the Microbit comes with the built-in software, uh, the... Pi Zero is something that students are expected to go off and learn and experiment amongst themselves. And a great way to do that is, of course, to get them collaborating online with their ideas and uh, thoughts about how to create different pieces of software for the Pi Zero. And we think it's a fantastic idea, uh, so much so that uh, if you can go on to our Uh, blog, you can take a read of an article that I put together called Why the Pi Zero Matters to Teachers. And I think it's sort of looking at a general philosophy of teaching computing in schools that I think that this sort of thing uh, encourages and improves on. Uh, One of the things that's so appealing about this is because it's such a cheap device, it doesn't really cut anybody out of the curriculum. It means that everyone has a chance to experiment and work with technologies that can in future uh, make them incredibly successful in the world. And it's wonderful to see that companies like uh, Raspberry Pi, are working with uh, smaller technologies and taking into account that not all children have the same benefits as each other. So in terms of a stocking stuff for this Christmas, if you've got any ideas of any tech-minded kids who'd really want something that they could experiment and fiddle with, the Pi Zero, uh, to me, looks like a fantastic idea. And of course, it's a really good idea to make sure that they're in a supported network whereby their experimentation goes noticed. So it might be worth having a look at ways that students can share and collaborate online with various different uh, sharing softwares. Something else that's been in the news this December, and it seems to come round all the time this sort of time of year, is that uh, we're seeing a lot of security breaches and uh, privacy policies not being fulfilled by uh, certain schools, and it's causing problems in the Ofsted inspections, uh, as well as generally uh, causing a bit of a scare fear on the security. But... Here at WebAnywhere, we're here to help you out. So we've got a few ideas for you uh, put together on our Staying Secure Online blog. Uh, This ties into something that we've done recently where we've added a reporting tool to our School Jotter website, where you can press a button, it will take a screenshot and immediately inform somebody uh, about the abuse that's been seen online. Uh, But our top tips for making sure that you stay secure online are, number one, never give out your password to anybody. I'm sure you've heard that a thousand times from a thousand different organisations, but it always stands true. We will never ask for you for your password, and you should never be asked for a password. The second thing is that you should make sure you know where you're entering your password. Now, one common trick that we get... All over the place is that uh, people will create fake websites uh, to hook in your information and pretend to be someone else so for example, your bank uh, might suddenly send you an email out the blue saying, "Oh uh, we need you to log in to check a security issue when you click through on the link, have a look at the URL If it seems like a legitimate URL that you're used to seeing from your bank, then you know you're in safe hands If however it looks like a dodgy URL or they've deliberately misspelled something in there. Just make sure that you don't type in the right details there. Close the window and leave it alone. Uh, This is a common trick and it's known as a phishing scam. And these are about uh, as old as the internet itself, unfortunately. Uh, Number three is, of course, use a different password for every site. This cannot be overstated. If you enter your password into a slightly dodgy looking website for the sake of, say, signing up to read a message board or similar, uh, you'll find yourself at risk because they'll associate your password with your email address and just go try a bunch of websites to see if any of them match up. Uh, if memorising lots of different passwords it seems like a tricky thing to do, maybe have tiers of passwords. Uh, consider something uh, like having a low tier one for uh, signing up to websites that you've no intention of really revisiting again. A mid tier one for things that you consider moderately secure. And then separate different high tier ones for things like your bank, your private email, your e-commerce websites such as Amazon. Uh, Number four, you can use a password manager if you find that memorising all these passwords can be a problem. Uh, These are often free, uh, very easy to use, and very trustworthy. Uh, It's definitely a good idea if you're an administrator or in a high-position role uh, within an organisation, and uh, it's a very good idea to manage things properly this way. Uh, That way you won't forget passwords, but also you'll be able to generate unique passwords for high-level security things. But of course, the thing that you should do is that if you see anything untoward on your website, get in touch with someone who can do something. Uh, if, for example, you're on a School Jotter website, get in touch with us at support.webanywhere or 0800 862 0131, which is a free number from landlines and mobiles. Uh, this is uh, the most important thing you can do. If you're not sure, if you feel out of your depth and you don't want to back down on something, just stop, inform someone and make sure that you're on the right page. There's no shame in asking. And that way as well, if it turns out there was a problem, you can at least be assured that uh, you didn't fall for anything that anybody else wouldn't. So those are our tips for staying safe online uh, this Christmas. And uh, as, of course, you can see all of these tips and tricks over on our blog. So that just about wraps it up for the education news side of things. But... uh, well, it is December, isn't it? And it's the time of year when we all like to snuggle around the fire with some stockings, uh, jumping onto online shopping in the hopes of finding that gift we need last minute in order to appease the children. And uh, it's quite a fun time of year at schools, a lot of more relaxation, maybe you've watched a DVD or two in class already. But it's also a good chance to take a look at some of the issues in uh, education with, in terms of teaching religious ceremonies, as well as a general larger tradition. Uh, Christmas is in fact a really good chance to introduce some multiculturalism into the classroom, as not no two places around the world tend to do the same thing twice when it comes to celebrating Christmas. Uh, in fact, we put up together a Christmas around the world worksheet for you to check out online. But uh, just for fun, let's have a look at some of the Christmas traditions around the world that you might not know about. Sir. So, uh, for example, did you know that in Australia... Uh, When it comes to getting round there, Santa puts the reindeer to one side, uh, gets out a surfboard and uh, he'll surf along the coast as well as using uh, a sled full of six hot boomers, which is another way of saying six kangaroos. Uh, Australia, of course, adopting its customs there from a rather interesting tradition of it being summer over there. Uh, during uh, the Christmas season. Uh, Other countries have some interesting ones. Did you know, for example, in China, on Christmas Eve, they give each other apples in coloured paper uh, because the word Silent Night in Chinese sounds very similar to the word apple. Uh, And so they believe this is a a fun tradition for the uh, Christian population of China to join in with. Uh, Other interesting traditions include Iceland's The Yule Lads, who are ten mischievous uh, young sons of trolls who will run into town and cause all kinds of mischief. Uh, They do things like disturb the sheep, uh, steal people's shoes, and do all kinds of mean and fun, silly things. Another country with some traditions that we might find a little bit uh, strange include Argentina, who, similar to Australia, get hot weather around this time of year. So what you'll find is that they'll actually have their Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve at around 10 or 11pm, and uh, it may in fact be served in the garden or as a barbecue. Uh, They tend to have more uh, larger selections of dishes there. For example, they do have roasted turkey, just like us, but they might have roasted pork. Uh, And in northern Argentina, some people might even have roasted goat with uh, stuffed tomatoes, salads, and uh, a Christmas bread pudding, like uh, pan deuce or uh, a panettone. Uh, So all sorts of fun different traditions around the world. And like I've said, you can jump online to our blog and take a look at some of the resources we've put together Uh, To come up with a quick match up lesson plan of different Christmas traditions around the world. Uh, I've had a lot of fun researching them, and I think it'll be a lot of fun to teach in the classroom uh, as we build up to the Christmas holidays. course, just because it's coming up to Christmas doesn't mean we should abandon uh, pedagogy entirely. In fact, I've put together a special plan together for any literature teachers out there who are looking to introduce some Christmas into the classroom without compromising on any of the actual teaching they have to do. So we've put together a few lesson plans based on some classic Christmas stories, all of which are available online for free uh, as they've drifted out of copyright and into the public domain. So, for example, uh, we put together a lesson plan for A Christmas Carol, uh, which is a fantastically famous story, uh, probably the most famous Christmas story I can think of. And it's a, a fantastic look at redemption and also about looking into a way to write for a character by introducing their past, their present and their future in a way that's free-flowing and concise. Uh, Christmas Carol, of course, being a short story of around 100 pages, uh, while a little bit tricky in terms of the language for younger readers, has some fantastic ideas in there on how to write. Uh, for example, we've put together the fact that although this story is a ghost story, the ghosts themselves are very rarely that scarier. Certainly the gr- ghost of Christmas future has an ominous Reaper-like presence in many of the films. But the true horror of the story, for Scrooge at least, has less to do with the supernatural element and more to do with the uh, haunting of the past, as it were. So we've put up together some stuff on how you can look into that and get students to write a short story about their own visits from the three ghosts and what maybe they had learned from them. Uh, a Christmas Carol is, of course, also an incredibly famous story, to the point where phrases such as a Scrooge, a Bar Humbug, and the God bless us, everyone, have become iconic phrases throughout culture. So, it might be a good idea to get students gathered around together to go and find ten different versions of A Christmas Carol, and show how this story has permeated throughout time into all these different variants and histories, and ask students why they think it's such a popular story. Uh, For those of you, however, who are more poetry orientated, uh, you can take a look at A Visit from St. Nicholas, the most famous Christmas poem ever written, The Night Before Christmas. Uh, One thing that's very interesting about The Night Before Christmas is that it is one of the most parodied and rewritten poems of all time. There are over a thousand documentary rewrites that can be found online, all again completely for free. So it's a great idea to encourage students to write original poetry, sit them down with the poem, get them to break down why the form of the poem works, uh, looking at the rhyme scheme such as the A, A, B, B lines of it, and also the stressed, unstressed uh, syllables throughout uh, to build it into a certain type of uh, rhythm. For example, it actually has the same pattern and rhythm of a limerick, although it doesn't follow the same rhyme scheme. Uh, Get students to write their own parody versions and their own ideas based on whatever they want to do, Uh, and this is a really great way to explain to them the concepts of parody, but also how to break down a poem and understand its structure. Uh, We think this is a really great lesson, uh, particularly if you're looking for something uh, a bit more creative and fun as we get towards the holidays. And the final one, and this is a slightly more obscure story, but uh, a charming one nonetheless, The Tailor of Gloucester by Beatrix Potter uh, now uh, completely in the public domain so can be found online completely for free uh, this is a beautiful story about uh, a young Uh, Sorry, an old tailor who is putting together a waistcoat for Christmas Day for the mayor, who uh, annoys his cat so much that the cat hides his material from him. Uh, But in the night, mice come to save him by fixing the work for them. Now, this is a lovely story to tell children. Uh, It's wonderful, heartwarming. It shows how mercy can be uh, something that saves you in the end, even if in the short term it causes you problems. Uh, But it's also a very good example of uh, anthropomorphism. Uh, The mice in the story make themselves clothes from the uh, cutaways from the main fabric and it's an interesting way to get children to look at how by humanizing animals we can relate to them stronger and we can create stories uh based around the characteristics of animals being combined with the characteristics of humans so uh definitely something worth checking out and uh if you've never read the story of the tale of gloucester it is in fact beatrix potter's favorite of her stories and is an absolutely wonderfully charming little thing So, those are our suggestions for literature teachers this Christmas. Uh, If you yourself are a teacher out there and you've got any good ideas, uh, you can email us at uh, education at webanywhere.co.uk, send in any ideas and lesson plans you've got, and uh, we might well talk about them on the podcast and put them up onto our blog. Well, that just about does it for this month's podcast. Uh, thanks very much for listening, and uh, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you all. Now, if you, you don't mind, I think I can see some mulled wine being poured into a pan on the stove. And, uh, well, it's coming up to Christmas. I think I've heard myself a little bit of a tipple, if nothing else. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And, of course... Uh, If you're uh, listening to the podcast and uh, you need any help with your education or technological needs, uh, feel free to get in contact with us at webanywhere.co.uk. We'll be here all next year as well to look at more uh, ways that we can help you guys out with uh, lesson plans and technology in the classroom. But until then, I think it's time that I uh, shut down the computer, got myself a glass of that old wine, and sat down in front of a Muppet's Christmas Carol. My name's been Lewis Dunn. Thanks very much for listening to the Web Anywhere podcast.